This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Tuesday. And we are into ordinary time. Is that right, Bishop Brennan? We are. We're back into the uh, season of ordinary time, and we pick up our sequential readings of the Gospels, so we're reading kind of the last parts of Mark's Gospel. We'll be heading into the Gospel of Matthew soon, and uh, we, we have some New Testament readings this week for the first reading. So, yes, we're getting back into that rhythm. And we have uh, the difficult balance uh, that you have been doing such a great job with. Uh, we are inviting people back to Mass with open arms, but at the same time being cautious because of this novel um, coronavirus. We don't always know who has it because it's asymptomatic in many people. But we did welcome back people this Sunday, and what a joyful day it was all across the diocese. And I did get some... Um amount of feedback from the pastors in the last couple of days saying that things went very, very well and that things were somewhat according to uh, the the expectations that they had, that largely it was about a third of the size in most parishes. And that's, for the capacity we have, a good thing. Obviously, we're longing to be all together and have everybody together. Um, and But the dispensation from the obligation to attend Mass it remains in effect, and that's at least September, so that we'll monitor the situation, and uh, wouldn't it be great if we get a, at least a reprieve, if not an eradication, um, until the point we get a, uh, a vaccine. But I think people are being prudent. People know that you know, maybe we can't all come out at one point, and so they're taking their time or spreading themselves out, and that's actually very wise. Um, and and then the other thing that people are doing is, um, you know, they recognize that either they're caring for somebody at home or they just live with somebody who may be at risk or they themselves are at risk. Absolutely. Uh, we, we want to encourage those people to stay at home. But now that creates a new situation for us, a new obligation. So we had to get the masses going. We were looking forward to that. We wanted to get people back. But it's not lost on me that there are people who are still, I'm going to say for want of a better word, who still feel sort of left behind. And I understand that. I really do. And we know we need to address that. So I've heard different suggestions, and we're evaluating those, and pastors are going to share some of those so that we can do the right outreach. You know, some in some cases it's continuing the live streaming but bringing communion to the home, but we want to make sure that's safe to do. Before we do that, we want to make sure it's safe to do and set up the right guidelines. We don't want to bring something into somebody's home, right? Um, that that would not be a good thing. We don't want to bring the disease into somebody's home. Um, somebody else made the suggestion of the live streaming of the Mass and then people coming a little bit later on after the crowd left to receive Holy Communion. Um, others have suggested doing things like... Uh, the supermarkets have done have special times and masses maybe during the week that are really restricted to those who might whose health might be compromised and then you do maybe even a little bit more in terms of social distancing what we want to do is we want to exercise the greatest care and compassion so we don't want to do anything that puts somebody into any kind of danger 
but um, but it's not lost on me that there are probably a good many people who feel a little left behind. That as much as we're having great joy at our return, we also know um, that we're not all fully there yet, and nor can we be fully there yet. But that puts an obligation on us to say, okay, how again using the Pope Francis model, how do we go out and meet people where they are? And Bishop Brennan, I'm guessing that, and you can clarify this, that each parish is going to have their own guidelines because everybody has a, a different situation? That's very true. That's very true that each parish would have its own guidelines because the situations are different from place to place. But again, there are some general things that we want to, some general principles that we want to keep in mind that, um, th- that maintain a situation for health and safety. And I understand that even some parishes last Sunday, and maybe in the subsequent Sundays there'll be more, uh, they, um, they welcome the RCIA candidates. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so the answer is yes, they've been doing that. Some did it right on Pentecost Sunday, and it was a way of saying, as we begin, let's the first thing, let's do the initiation, the people who should have been received into the church and welcomed into the church, baptized, um, Eucharist, confirmation. Let's start off with all of that. Others said, <laughs> let's see how it goes getting inside the building first. We've got enough going on, which is fair. But one of the things we said is that the first three weeks that we're back, it just so happens that it's Pentecost, Trinity Sunday this coming week, and um, the uh, Feast of Corpus Christi the following week. Any one of those speaks eloquently to the sacraments of initiation. So a lot of the parishes are going to focus their energies on one of those three weeks, but we also left that fluid because, again, we want to make sure that people are prepared, um, to, that, that the those who um, are coming into the church are in a category that they can come to Mass. Um, we want to or, or, or find the right way to do it. So each place is going to be different. And not only is each place going to be different, but we're working with different individuals. So, uh, But the key thing is we want to be welcoming our new members. The family is growing with new members coming in, and that's a source of great joy and excitement for the whole church. Well, I'll give you a report from St. Paul and Westerville. St. Paul and Westerville did such a great job of volunteers welcoming everybody as they came into the church so it had a great balance of welcoming as well as trying to allow people some time to feel comfortable with the, the new precautions that will be part of the service, at least for the time being. So I was just overjoyed to see that that mixture, and I've heard from many other parishes that that, that has been met, and I think that that's from your, your leadership. And it's really not a race, is it? It's not, we don't have to do it all at once because that may not be too, um, too appropriate. Well said, well said. It's not a race. That's right. But it is something, it is a moment of joy. And speaking of joy, uh, we have uh, the priest and diaconate ordinations coming up. Uh, The priest ordinations will be on Saturday, June 13th. And then the diaconate ordinations, those will be the night before. Is that right at 7 p.m. on Friday? That's correct. So we have an ordination weekend coming up. And that'll be June 12th and 13th. The 12th, um, Friday night, I'll be ordaining two deacons, one for this diocese, uh, Deacon Jacob, and the other is actually a, uh, 
a, a fellow from a diocese in uh, Rwanda, and I'll be ordaining him um, in, in, on that day. His bishop was planning to come in May, but obviously couldn't. And so I'll be looking forward to uh, welcoming him and to ordaining him a deacon. He will continue to study here at the Josephinum and then serve in his home diocese as a priest once he's ordained a priest. And I'm sure that'll be back at home and that'll be a big celebration in his home diocese. So we'll have two two deacons to be ordained. And then uh, a third deacon, uh, second one for this diocese, Deacon Stephen, was studying up at St. John the 23rd Seminary in Boston. And they were in a kind of a closed situation, so they functioned as normal throughout all of this. And so they had ordinations for deacons, and so he was ordained a deacon already. So uh, that's on Friday, June 12th. And then on Saturday, June 13th, we'll be ordaining three priests. And that'll be here at the cathedral, and one of the reasons is we want to this is going to sound strange, but we want to extend this to as many people as possible. This is an ecclesial event. It's a, a joyful event for the whole church. And so really we're counting on the social media. We're counting on the live streaming and we're counting on St. Gabriel Radio so that the whole diocese could share in this moment since uh, we are going to be limited in the number of people who are allowed into the cathedral. So We're going to welcome some of their most immediate families and some of the priests, but uh, most of us will be participating uh, by way of of the way we've been doing it all along, either the radio or the computer. And uh, that, too, will be a joyful event for the whole diocese as we ordain three priests, Father Deacon Michael Fulton, Deacon Seth Keller, and Deacon Frank Brown. And they'll be ready to uh, join the Presbyterate and serve the people of this diocese. I'm in the midst of meeting with them and talking to them, and they are very excited, very eager to get to work. I knew uh, a Deacon Michael Fulton. He was in the youth group with my daughter at St. John Newman a few years ago. This is going to be a great event, and I think you're right. Just being able to see that on TV will be a blessed moment. What does the last week look like for these um, deacons that are preparing for ordination? I've always heard that they're not ordained until the bishop places their, their your hands on his head. <laughs> That's right. This bishop is pretty confident, though. I <laughs> but that's right. They're not ordained until that moment. You know what? They're, they've done a lot of their uh, preparation, both um, remote and proximate, so they're they're ready to be ordained. In fact, they should have been ordained um, a, a week ago. But there are a few things that they're doing that are busy. We uh, unfortunately we were not able to celebrate the commencement not only of the fellows finishing the seminary, but the fellows finishing the college part of it, moving on from uh, from the uh, the. Uh, minor seminary at the Josephinum, they actually get an academic degree. You know, they get a bachelor's, and then um, the deacons becoming priests who finish, they'll be receiving master's degrees, and there are some who are in the pre-theology who receive some kind of an acknowledgement. We were not able to have the commencement exercises at the Josephinum this year, so each diocese is going to celebrate the 
men from their diocese who are receiving degrees. So um, I'll have a chance to be with them, with the new soon-to-be-ordained, as well as the others who are graduating from one stage or another on Friday of this week. And then on um, uh, on uh, during the week, the deacons are coming. They're going to be having a day at the chancery and in the pastoral center just to connect with all the different people with whom they'll be working in various ways when they're sent to their parishes. And I'll have a chance to be with them that day to pray. And then a day at some time with their family um, the day before. And then, of course, uh, the priest will be going the, going to the diaconate and the deacons to the priest. So it'll be a full week these next couple of days, getting ready for ordination. Well, uh, Bishop Brennan, we can't thank you enough to hear some great news that we have uh, three new uh, priests that will be ordained on the 13th, two new deacons, and then a deacon's already been uh, ordained, so we'll have three there too. Uh, Bishop Brennan, would you like to close with a prayer? Yes, indeed, indeed. Let's pray. Um, You know, as we pray, let's ask the Lord to help us, to guide us um, through these difficult days and um, to bring about peace in our world, peace in our society. I think we all share the same goals and concerns about the violent killing of uh, George Floyd. That's not who we are as a society, and we all share that. Certainly some share it more painfully than others, but we acknowledge that. And so these are days that we can turn toward more intense prayer and a sense of reconciliation. So why don't we pray the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, Make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And may Almighty God bless all of you and your families May Almighty God bless our communities in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Brennan. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.